0: Thank you for downloading and or streaming the newest episode of Recasted. I'm Wayne G, joined as always by Jesse. What's up? How are you, Wayne? It's uh, great to see you again. Yes, it's been a long time, uh, a week, which <laughs> a lot's happened. I, I don't know if a lot's happened, but uh, a week some worth of happening. rain here. Oh, awful. I, <laughs> I was supposed to go golfing today. I know I told you, but uh, that's why we scheduled this in the afternoon. And um, yeah, it just got canceled. We canceled it last night. But then, of course, it, it didn't. it was overcast, but it didn't really rain, rain. I'm like, oh, we could have played.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to melt. You're not sugar. But, yeah, we've certainly seen our fair share here in New England.
0: Uh, definitely make sure to check us out. I like to start off the show uh, by saying, you know, make sure you check us out on Facebook. We are at Recasted Podcast, uh, on Twitter at Recasted Podcast, and on Instagram at Recasted Podcast 8. Uh, you can let us know what shows you want next, what you thought of this show. Please, please, please vote. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. But I know uh, Jesse's always encouraging people to interact with us as well.
1: Absolutely. I love to uh, talk to people and get their opinions on the movies we've done, the movies we haven't done. And um, it's really fun. I think, you know, not every show out there is as interactive as we like to be on all the platforms. So if you like one over the other, reach out to one of us on, on any of those other platforms and we'll, you know, go back and forth with you. We love to chat
0: uh mentioning the voting you know we do if you're familiar with the concept of the show and if you're listening i'm guessing you are which is we like to recast movies that are at least 20 years old with modern day actors and actresses and afterwards we put it out to a public vote whose cast do you like better which movie would you be more likely to go see if it were recasted with those casts uh, last week we did goodfellas i am sorry to say that jesse won the vote uh nine to six on his uh cast and um Yeah, I want to give a few shout outs here. I'm going to run through them really quick. Uh, Again, we've got 15 shout outs. uh, So I'm just going to run through the names of these podcasts who all participated. I'm going to do this at the beginning of every one of these shows going forward. So if you do participate, you are going to get a shout out at the least. Um, I have your next favorite movie podcast, Made You a Mixtape podcast, Cinema Recall, The Oscar Reel, James Rowling. He is uh, half of the Field of Screens podcast, our friends over in England. The Mashley at the movies, movies on the way, go watch a movie podcast, Tony casts, David Gifford, Kifford, he's the other half of Field of Screens. And I think that they voted separately because they were split on who they liked. They did. Um, movie reviews and 20 Qs, Movie Mayhem, The Movie Journey, our friend Brandon Combs, and Paula Ray bissonette
1: And that is Mama Bear. So thank you to everybody who Uh, Took an opportunity to vote and take a look at our entire rosters. I think you know what Wayne had done here That was different than the previous movies um, Was he went and he uh, you know displayed our entire cast? I think that helps give everybody the flow of our movie um, as we're recasting and remaking these um, You know with newer Hollywood stars, so um, you know He does a great job with those graphics and puts them up fairly quickly so when you see those and you hear this it's really gonna help you make a, a better sound decision and you know, just make sure you continue to vote for me. We really appreciate it, everybody.
0: Yeah, that was my big beef with Brandon. Uh, anybody who follows our show or knows the history of our show, uh, Jesse and I were co-hosts of a sports show, Infinity Sports, and we had a little bit of a back and forth with Brandon Combs. He's on the Man Hour, and uh, Jesse and Brandon would jab at each other all the time, and he picked Jesse's cast, so I have a little bit of a beef with him about that.
1: Yes. Uh, hey, um, you know, even my uh, my some of my enemies can uh, – see that i have uh some good ideas so appreciate you uh giving us the shout out brandon hope you continue to listen and hope you uh hope you have continued success
0: on your podcast man Yeah, i do think what did me in was uh sticking to straight only irish people um because i think the jonah hill pick is really what killed me
1: yeah i mean it, it i tried to go that same route looking at the italian guys but you know there's just some unfamiliarity um with A lot of that younger crew now so I think just having to open it up a bit and um, honestly Jonah Hill was that very very recent change in my cast so um, I'm glad I ended up making it Um, I was excited to see your reaction to it and uh, hopefully we can continue to wow each other with these casts I, I really love this concept that we
0: have here the a couple of things we like to talk about before we get into the recasting is just some TV, movie, pop culture news, things like that. I know that you said you're very excited. You're big into the reality shows, right? And so they have the Challenge, Survivor coming up, and I know you're big fans of those shows.
1: Yeah, I, I love those things. Um, you know, Big Brother is something my mom loves, um, and that can be found on the same channel as you know uh, Survivor. But Survivor's coming back around this fall, and they did take a, a year off, so it's the first time they've done that in over twenty years. Um, they're into their forty first season now. Um, and it's gonna be a whole new cast, no re, no return. So it's gonna be fun to see a bunch of fresh faces. Um and I love the concept of Survivor, just going onto an island and mixing a lot of personalities, putting them through physical challenges. And the challenge has become a new passion for me. That's MTV's brain Brainchild. It started with you know the real world um, and road rules, and it has just expanded into they're taking people from Survivor. They're taking people from international Survivor shows, um, from The Amazing Race, um, and from Big Brother, and they're mashing them. And it's become a much more physical show. There's trivia. There's eating challenges where you have to eat disgusting stuff. So it's it's really a fun show, and I love that show.
0: Well, is in your opinion, because I know there's people who love wrestling out there. We mentioned Brandon. He's a big wrestling fan. Hate to spoil it, everybody. Wrestling is not real; it's scripted. They know who's going to win ahead of time.
1: As is every movie we do, Wayne. We but, every movie we talk about is also scripted.
0: But I'm curious if you feel Survivor is somewhat scripted. I know that they've done jokes about it on TV about like like the set falling over while they're recording and things like that. Um, I think that the producers
1: over time, because you know these are shows that have gone on for 20 years now, both Survivor and The Challenge. I think producers in this game they really know what works so they know um, what to do to really stoke the flames of certain dramatic scenarios. Or um, a big thing in both those shows is when they're doing certain physical challenges outside, rain suddenly appears everywhere, there's a challenge. We could be talking one minute where it's dry, a challenge starts, boom, it's pouring rain, like it's a downpour. It's like, come on, where did this come from? (laughs) So I mean, yeah, you tend to think that there are people just there with hoses and it's like, let's enhance this, Let's, let's add this or do this. So I think there's some, parts of the show that are enhanced um but i I like to really i too am a wrestling fan so i like to suspend belief and just really buy into it for the for the sake of you know the relationships we like to build with the show the relationships i like to build with wrestling you know there's certain characters i like um, i mean i mean johnny bananas is a guy from the challenge that has now created himself a platform on nbc after coming from the real world um and then doing a bunch of the challenges and winning seven the miz is a wrestler started on the real world so i think it's One of those platforms where you can kind of continue to kind of put yourself in front of people's faces, whether it's scripted or not.
0: Have you ever seen? Because I know I'd mentioned like I got really into the Discovery Channel, has a show called Alone, and then it did Alone the Beast, which uh, I wasn't sure if you'd ever watch any of those, but that's like straight up people they give them cameras, they actually train them for about a week on how to operate the cameras because there's not going to be a camera crew there. You just have to videotape yourself, and they just go out in the woods, and it's usually 10 people and it's, you stay out there until there are no more people. They can't talk to each other. Total seclusion. It's just them talking to the camera.
1: So I haven't myself watched that. It certainly sounds interesting. I think that's more of an extreme for the survival aspect of it. Whereas I think the other ones are, can you survive with other people? Can you survive the drama and actually do the challenges where I think here, the challenge is surviving um, and putting you out into the open there. So, um, it's something that I would certainly be interested in watching. It sounds really entertaining um, because not everybody is prepared to be out there with, you know, what nature provides, whether it be the lack of food or the um, the plenty of animals out there that aren't used to seeing you with a camera. So it certainly right. sounds very interesting.
0: They definitely drop them off someplace that has cougars and wolves and things like that. And so my favorite, I think, was watching a couple seasons ago. A uh, guy goes out there. They show him leaving their house and they they pack up their backpack with they get ten items they're allowed to bring. Mostly, they bring tarps, axe, saw, things like that. Um, but this guy's like, I tell you what? if a bear comes after me, they better call helping for the bear. He's like, you know, I'm staying until the end, right? Before the sunset in the first day, he was calling home because a bear had chased him.
1: <laughs> wow, yeah, I mean, people are pretty big in front of cameras, but then once you hear that growl, it all changes. Um yeah, in Survivor, um, you know, they don't let you take any um any means of, you know, food or survival. You have to earn your rice, you have to earn flint for fire. Um, and um there was one season where a woman actually tried to smuggle flint in through her bra that she was wearing and they did an inspection of all her clothes and took the flint out. Um so <laughs> you really want to make sure that you you know, you have to eat snails and fish and you have to earn your keep, you know, with with the fire and the bugs and stuff. So it's all those shows are very interesting to me because it's something that i can point and laugh at from my couch and know that i would struggle doing it
0: now the blatantly scripted TV shows that we love as well. You had turned me on to it when we did Goodfellas. So this is how psycho I am: is that Jesse had mentioned he had taken Vincent D'Onofrio to play Paulie, and he kept saying, "Listen, you got to watch Daredevil. He plays, you know, uh, Kingpin. He's fantastic." I'd never seen a single episode of Daredevil, and in the week since we did that episode, I've watched all three seasons.
1: And uh, what did you think of uh, Vincent D'Onofrio?
0: He's absolutely amazing. Um, I actually well, so I thought the first season what was amazing about him was how it was easy to sympathize with him and what he wanted. Even though he's kind of a bad guy, you didn't feel like he was like as bad as people that were out there killing themselves as his character develops. Obviously he becomes more and more evil and you start to root against him more. But early on you're kind of like, all right, well he's a bad guy, but not really a bad guy.
1: Yeah. He starts out a bit humanized, but yeah, then he really starts to take his mantle as, the bad guy um you know the kingpin and i just i i saw the similarities and i thought it fit um but yeah i thought those netflix um marvel series um that kind of came out before the disney platform um were pretty gritty and i liked how this one was kind of the start of them um really got some physical um some fun scenes um and um, i hope you also um check out the punisher just to see a little bit of john bernthal and the continuation of kingpin there
0: yeah so the it's definitely dark it felt like a dc movie or a dc show it's very very dark uh versus the new york that gets shown in spider-man which is bright and you know upbeat
1: but does, does it make you wonder why nobody from the defenders which is these people on the netflix series and anyone from spider-man like they never cross paths at all like we're we're talking like a few neighborhoods and all this bad stuff and bad guys happen but you never see any overlapping
0: Yeah, I mean, I understand it's all licensing things like that. You know, obviously we have Spider-Man. Tom Holland's about to do his third Spider-Man movie, and we still haven't seen Venom, but we see Venom has his sequel coming out. So they've never crossed paths really, you know, Um, and especially since in the comic books they did, they were rivals. So, uh, but again, when you have Sony, which is the sole owner of Venom, Disney actually has zero say in Venom movies, but they do have say in the Tom Holland movies because they've like leased out that franchise um, but no, when I was watching this series in season two, and I, and I texted you when I got to it, was when uh, Daredevil's hunting down all these gangs that are being shot up, and he finds the cartel hanging on meat hooks, and the one guy's alive, and he's like, it was just one man. And then I see the boots walking to the hospital, and I went, oh, it's the Punisher! I know it's the Punisher!
1: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's, it's dark, but yeah, I mean, it's exciting to kind of see these people come to life. I mean, we've seen the Punisher in a few movies, but... I think John Burns really does a nice job in his role as the Punisher as well.
0: He does. I like him. I like that him and Daredevil fight because they did in the comics. Because right, <laughs> right. Because right, they have that difference of you know, he kills people and Daredevil doesn't. Right. So I understand they have that difference. And that's but those are the pairings that you like. Kind of like I mentioned, I'd love to see Tom Holland Spider Man and Deadpool together in the series, you know, because yeah, the, they're very so different.
1: different personalities. Yeah, the, the kid and the, the Merc. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um and then of course when i wa- got into season three and you're know they transporting kingpin and the car gets flipped over and i see the guy shooting all these bad guys at first i thought oh is the punisher like rescuing kingpin um and then i saw it was an fbi agent and immediately i went oh that's bullseye and they never call him bullseye in the whole series but he does wear the baseball hat with the bullseye on it and then of course mm-hmm. the very last scene of season three is he's got the eyeball with the bullseye in it
1: yeah i mean and um uh, I think the movie where Ben Affleck played Daredevil, we saw Colin Farrell play uh, Bullseye. Puke. Um, yeah, that that well, that entire movie was just uh, no good compared to what this uh, series did. I think um, Matt Murdock, um, who's the actor that plays um, Daredevil,
0: um, uh, it's Chris something or other. I can't remember his. Did
1: I? Uh, I really, really like the intro to Daredevil too. That whole intro sequence. I didn't skip that for probably a few episodes. So just you know, the whole blood and kind of covering the, the outfit and how his. How his outfit evolved? I thought that was really neat. So um, spoiler for anybody who hasn't seen Daredevil after a few years, but Wayne just watched the whole thing in the weeks.
0: <laughs> yeah, right, right. So, And the, the crazy thing that you mentioned, the guy that plays Matt Murdock, I had pulled up the cast of Spider-Man No Way Home, and we already know that Tobey Maguire is going to be in there as another <laughs> version of Spider-Man. We know that um, Jamie Foxx is going to be in there as Electro, uh, but they had the character that plays Matt Murdock in the Daredevil series is going to be in Spider-Man No Way Home as Matt Murdock. So we might get to see Daredevil and Spider-Man. Oh, I did not know that. Yep. So oh, I'm pretty damn. excited.
1: Oh, there you go. Now that you now that fully, fully caught up, that'd be nice to kind of see the uh, the meeting.
0: Yeah, and they're going to introduce him into the MCU. Will he get his own movie? I don't know, but I definitely like the idea of Daredevil even interacting with the other characters.
1: Even for a few minutes paid off. I mean, he did such a nice job um, as that character. that It'd be nice to see you know some interactions. Um, and also, under the uh, the Marvel Umbrella, did you complete the Loki series, Wayne?
0: Oh, yes, I did. And it went where I kind of knew it was gonna go. And I you know, obviously I don't want we don't give away spoilers, so I don't want to say exactly what happened. We did talk about it last week, though. It does involve the multiverse. We know that there's gonna be a multiverse because the next five or six movies that come out are all about it. So we knew that was gonna happen. It did happen, but there's a lot of little things that happened as well that I won't mention.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say I'm happy with how they paid it off um, and um, just wonderful performance by everybody um, in uh, this series. This is probably my favorite of the three. Um, if I had to rank them, I'd say this one, WandaVision, and then um, Captain, um, the Falcon and Winter Soldier. You'd rank
0: Falcon Winter Soldier underneath WandaVision?
1: Yeah, I like the creativity of uh, the WandaVision, um, you know, all the... Um, the flashbacks and the different um things they did to replicate shows that you know we grew up with I, I think they hit with nostalgia. I mean again I, I mentioned this last week. I think Falcon Witch Soldier had some very powerful messages um and some good action sequences. But I think overall I like the creativity of WandaVision more. Um and I think because we know that one um is gonna end up, you know, having deeper ties, um like this one Loki will I think that's why I, I just invest more into them and why I rank them higher.
0: What I did like about WandaVision is I liked the introduction of Quicksilver from the X-Men Days of Future Past into the uh, WandaVision, so kind of introducing him to the MCU because we do know Disney bought Fox or all those Fox properties, including the X-Men, so we're probably going to start seeing some Disney, Marvel, X-Men movies. I did think it was funny. I saw, I don't know if it was a TikTok or like some YouTube video, but it was one of these things that said that why Magneto is not going to be allowed in the MCU. And it's like the Avengers fighting him and like Captain America shows up with a shield and he goes, it's just a metal shield. And he crushes it. And then Thor shows up and he's like, I'm just gonna crush your metal hammer then. And then Iron Man shows up. He goes, really? You're just like wearing like a metal suit. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, you'd have to really get Professor X involved. Um, you know, he was, you know, Magneto was always a pain in, in the, uh, the X-Men side, um, but definitely excited to see the introduction of the X-Men, the Fantastic Four, Blade, whenever those things end up unraveling that's where i think marvel's pretty safe for the next decade where things are going to continue to unravel
0: now the next marvel tv show and i'd sent you the trailer was what if which is going to be an animated series um and all of the cartoon characters are voiced by the original marvel actors and i think it's really cool especially i got i'm not gonna say choked up but i got definitely when i heard chadwick boseman as black panther i got very excited about it
1: I'll agree. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I didn't realize it was going to be an animated series, so I think that's very cool that Marvel's going to be doing that um, on the Disney pro- uh, platform. Um, but yeah, I mean, being able to hear um, you know Chadwick Boseman play um, you know his his role again, um, you know, really for the last time, um, it, it is really nice to, to hear. And I thought that trailer you sent me, um, it really left me wondering, which is what they're hoping for. Um, and so I thought that it was a really awesome clip. Um, and it's got me on the edge of my seat waiting for the next thing.
0: I, I even laughed because they had that Marvel humor in there. I think when they showed Thor and he's like, slow Ooh. down, not everybody here. gets it. I mean, I, I get it, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that looks really cool. I'm definitely looking forward to that uh, again, even just to see Iron Man and, and it's not going to be Captain America. We saw it's going to be Captain Carter, the British version of Captain America, which is kind of neat.
1: Yeah, very neat. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, each aspect of that little thing has me excited to see where they're going with this, because you know, you know, they have loads more that they didn't even reveal in this trailer. So it's it's very interesting to see all the ideas that these guys have. You know, the 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 head honchos there, Marvel and Disney, they know what they're doing, and uh, you know, they have us at the edge of our seat waiting to buy popcorn again. Um, I haven't seen Black Widow yet, but I've heard good things from people I know, and it's something that I know that I'm gonna plan to see. Um, whereas I have heard the opposite about space Jam. i've not heard good things at all
0: i only heard one good review and it was just like hey it's a kid's movie if you go into it knowing it's a kid's movie it's fine but if you go into it expecting some sort of a masterpiece obviously that's not what it is
1: yeah not something i'm gonna i'm gonna go out of my way to see but you know maybe well, I figured i'll watch it even if it was a masterpiece i wouldn't
0: think you'd go see it just because of the star of the show <laughs> yeah yeah no thanks <laughs> that said uh, are we ready to get recasting Uh, let's
1: get in the car and turn the keys, buddy.
0: All right, let's do it. All right, today we are going to be recasting the 2000 Nicolas Cage movie Gone in 60 Seconds. It was actually a remake from 1974. I'm guessing the graphics and everything was much better the second time around. It is directed by Dominic Cena, not related to John Cena, different spelling. Uh, Prior to this movie, he had actually directed a bunch of music videos, and that's about it. But after this movie, he actually directed a movie that I think is very underrated called Swordfish. I don't know if you've seen that. Uh, It's the one with uh,
1: John Travolta and Halle Berry. And Hugh Jackman, yeah. Oh, Okay, yeah, I forgot Hugh Jackman was in, but I, I I haven't seen um you know many times, but I remember you know a few performances. Uh, I think specifically Halle Berry's.
0: Oh yeah, in the in the uh, bra and underwear. Uh, oh, but it,
1: oh, yeah, she be wearing a snowsuit, and I I
0: talk highly <laughs> of her. Uh, but no, that's a really great movie. Hugh Jackman plays a hacker, and they're trying to like steal money for this uh, bank or whatnot. But um, the original screenplay, like I said, it's from 1974. The original budget for this movie is actually $90 million, which translated to today would be $142 million. It's a very robust budget. Uh, To give you an idea, Spider-Man Far From Home has a $160 million budget, so it's a really big budget considering all the actors they had, which means that I don't think we're going to be strapped for cash on who we cast.
1: No, this is pretty much Marvel's version of Gone in 60 Seconds.
0: (laughs) the uh the movie originally was an hour and 58 minutes so um actually i I have a quick rundown i'll go through the movie for those who haven't seen it i'm sure everybody has at this point if you're tuning in but just in case memphis reigns comes out of retirement as a car thief to bail out his brother kip after a deal goes bad with raymond calitri he gets his old crew together to steal 50 luxury or high-end cars to avoid police detection they plan to steal them all in one night but detective roland castleback is onto them Memphis is his white whale. So as we always do, start off things, just seeing uh, how you felt about this movie.
1: I really do enjoy the movie. Um, I have always been a fan of Angelina Jolie. Um, I know this came after uh, Face Off for Nicolas Cage, um, as well as some of his other big movies. So I thought this was a fun movie for these guys. Um, I like the concept. I mean, who doesn't like seeing, you know, big expensive cars get stolen and also potentially damaged on the way? Um, but you know, the, the affinity these guys have for the cars, which is not an affinity I have for cars. I barely know how to put the gas in and take it out, but, um, very exciting film. I think, you know, the different ways that they have to go about getting these, um, vehicles, it's almost like oceans 11, but for cars, um, they got to come up with all kinds of plans. Um, and they certainly weave comedy through this as well. And I, um, like most uh, movies we've done, I think, um, this one has a pretty decent soundtrack. Um, the one that. Kind of comes in as the song intros, uh, as the movie intros is one of my favorites. Um, but overall, really good movie.
0: Yeah, so I, I think it's one of those movies like I talked about with Space Jam, right? You have to go into it with the right expectation. I compare it to the Fast and the Furious movies where the stars of the movie are really the cars, not so much the actors. And you're there to see those. And then there is some action, but all of the action, it's not hand to hand action. It's like racing and driving down streets and backwards and things like that. Robin's so, right. Yeah. Yeah, it, the the script is very cheesy, very cheesy. I'm not gonna get to Roman uh, Raymond Calitri at one point says it never rains but it pours, and it just that I cringe every time I hear that because it's such a crappy line. Um, but no, overall though, I think if you go into it saying, "Hey, I just want to watch a dumb, fun action movie," that's exactly what this is.
1: Right, I agree. Um, you know, this is one that if it's on TV, I'm not gonna you know go out of my way to change the channel. You know, I like you know certainly seeing them get some of these cars and the, the names that they provide these cars. Um, and, um, you know, some of them are really, really nice. So, um, I, I think that it's a fun film to watch.
0: As far as our recasting goes, uh, do you want to start off with, uh, Memphis rains or do you want me to start?
1: Uh, I'll start off. I think I, I gave you the, uh, the AOK to start off last time, but either way, um, this yep. was, uh, this was exciting for me. Um, uh, I had about a, a top three for this, um, and so uh, I'm excited to give you the almost later on. I've got an almost for everybody, um, and uh, I think that's kind of a, a, a just as exciting portion of our episode is, you know, listening to who we could have chosen or who who we were stuck with. Um, but out of my top three here, I had to pick somebody who was um, really established, uh, again, uh, looking at what Nicholas Cage had done, coming off The Rock, coming off Con Air, coming off Face Off. Um, He's pretty pretty well established. Um, also, pretty well established as uh, I don't want to say being typecast as like a bad boy or a criminal, but kind of you know between Con Air, Face Off, and um, and this, he, he's kind of bad boyish. Um, so I wanted to find somebody that had that vibe to him as well. Um, but also looking at the cast, this is my star. And so to lead this off the right way, finding somebody who, who fit that age of being somebody who could have lived this life, been retired, and then dip back have a younger brother who's going to, you know, maybe potentially be looking up to him and getting into this game as well. So I chose Mark Wahlberg. Um, I think Mark fits that age requirement, um, and he could certainly be seen doing a lot of the things that Nicolas Cage had to do. Um, We've seen him in movies that involve crime, involve the law, involve racing, um, And so I think Mark Wahlberg, um, you know, is the best of my choices here to start off um, gone in 60 seconds.
0: I am not going to lie about this. Mark Wahlberg was my choice up until yesterday. Uh, I just feel like he's the perfect perfect person to play this role. It's right down the middle for him. This is exactly what he does. Dumb, corny action movies, corny lines. It's it's everything that he's about. So when I had initially casted him as the role, I said, you know, there's no other person in Hollywood that's better suited for this role than Mark Wahlberg. This is a Mark Wahlberg movie. It fits perfectly. So I 100% understand the casting here. I will say this, I don't like Mark Wahlberg at all. And I think I had actually texted you that as like, I have somebody, but I don't even like them as an actor.
1: That's what you said verbatim. And so I was looking forward to finding out who you had and why you didn't like him. I mean, I think Mark Wahlberg is, um, you know, maybe he could be, um, compared to Chris Pratt in the way that he's oversaturated. Maybe he's just been in everything. Maybe he's not as versatile to you, but I think he's funny when he needs to be funny. He's actiony when he needs to be actiony. And I enjoy his films. You know, I, th- this is going to be complete blasphemy and hopefully you don't, turn my camera off here, but I enjoy Mark Wahlberg more than Tom Cruise.
0: Well, that's just because you aren't a movie guy. So uh, <laughs> the, the, the thing about Mark, He's got the right of, stuff. Wayne, I did think about Mark, uh, Tom Cruise for this role as well. Um, but a little too old, I think for the role and Mark Wahlberg's not that far behind him age wise. Yeah. Nicholas but stage, I, I think he was like 35, 36. How much? I know it was like right at the end of like his peak, peak, peak movies. Um, and then he started doing more, like, artsy-type stuff. Then he got in, like, National Treasure and such. I love National Treasure, actually. But <clears throat> um. But anyways, to, I said, I don't want to cast Mark Wahlberg, so how can I get away from casting him, knowing that he's probably the perfect choice for this film? And Wayne, I, started down, yeah, I, I started writing down the, uh, the traits. I said, obviously, Nicolas Cage, he's got a lot of energy, that crazy kind of electricity energy that he's got. He's a little bit of a nerd, right? But he's kind of like an action nerd. So... I started thinking i need somebody who's kind of nerdy and even comedic i started looking at comedic actors right even though this isn't this isn't like a serious role but it's more serious than a comedy but less serious than a drama you know it's a kind of right in that in between right and so i said all right i need to find again that nerdy high energy could play the action role and i went with zachary levi who i think uh, people might remember him as chuck in the show chuck and of course most uh, notably, he is Shazam in the DC series Shazam, but I just think that he's got a humor to him. He's got that kind of energy and that electricity, and I think I could picture him just sitting behind the wheel of one of those Mustangs and just taking him off.
1: I think he definitely has that look um, when seeing him from Shazam there and seeing the picture you just provided. Um, I'm not as familiar with his work. I mean, I know him from Shazam, but beyond that, I'm not super familiar with him, <coughs> um, so um, as much as I like the look of him, um, my question to you would be, is Nicolas Cage the biggest star in this movie? He is arguably, yeah, because you've got Jolie is pretty big at the time, too. Um, If you would have not pulled up that guy's picture, I probably would not have been able to to let you know what he looked like or who he was in. And, you know, again, that may be my super unfamiliarity with him or really the entire you know film industry, but um i guess i guess i have to give you the criticism you gave me for david franco um this it doesn't seem as headlining for me i I was thinking much bigger name for for this role um but we're we're gonna have to see how the rest of your film kind of rolls out i just i'm not sure i get the the appeal yet that nicholas cage does but i think as far as looks this guy can certainly pull it off
0: he can and he's got the right personality as well um I understand what you're saying. He's definitely not as big a star as Wahlberg. And like I said, Wahlberg was the first guy I had in mind because like I said, this is tailor made for him. If we were going off of a right or wrong, which I know there is no right or wrong when it comes to opinion. But if they're saying, all right, one of these choices is right. One of these is wrong. I would say that you had the right choice because Mark Wahlberg is a blockbuster actor. Zachary Levi did Shazam, which is probably the best DC movie so far. Um, and so i mean he's starting to kind of and chuck was a decent series so he's kind of starting his way up whereas nicholas cage was at the peak when he did this movie um so I, I understand that criticism uh i do have some decent stars in here i mean obviously this movie was chock full of stars yeah uh, so we'll, we'll get to that i probably am going to be guilty of the lower budget here well, on this one <laughs> cu-
1: curious to see who you're almost are because i mean you know my my mark Wahlberg became my mark Wahlberg probably about the last day or so whereas I had a couple that I was pretty sold on, and I'm excited to see what you think about them because um I think they are even much bigger than Zachary Levi. So maybe you are be like a uh, not a good fit at all. Um, but um who do you have pairing up? Um, you know, who's who is uh, Zachary Levi's younger brother? We need to believe the sure. so, younger brother, huh?
0: Yeah, so Kip rains uh was the younger brother. He's the one that gets in trouble trying to steal the cars, gets caught, and that's why Memphis has to come out of retirement. Uh, he's originally played by <clears throat> by Giovanni Rabisi, who is actually one of my favorite actors. I mean, uh, he would prior to this movie, uh, he was kind of on the up and up, like Levi. He had done The Mod Squad, uh, The Other Sister, Boiler Room, which are all really good movies. Uh, now he's done Sneaky Pete, things like that. He's a really, really good actor, but same energy as Levi. And that's why I think it's so great to have these two as brothers because they both have that nerdy, comedic, weird, you know, what I mean kind of vibe to them. Yep. And so uh, I went with somebody who, again, not a super, super well-known, but you should know who he is. He's going to be a little bit younger, but I think he looks kind of like Zachary Levi, and that is Ezra Miller. I think people are going to know him from Fantastic Beasts, uh, but more importantly as Flash in the Justice League. Uh, I think him and Zachary Levi look like they could actually be brothers, and I think he does have that kind of nerdy-ish kind of – but also kind of bad boyish look to him.
1: He he definitely has – um that nerdy look to him and, and he plays that nerdy uh type feel as well i think um he is a huge fan of harry potter if i, if I remember correctly i've seen videos of him i'm um, really kind of um geeking out about harry potter um and i agree i mean he does look like a, a younger kind of like a, maybe a greasier version of zachary levi so that was a, a great job by you finding you know two guys that could really pair up um and i know ezra miller you know most notably from the flash and i've seen him in some other things so i think um, that you know he is someone who could really step into that role um, here um, and um, into rubisi's role. And did Giovanni Rubisi come up at all in your Goodfellas? Uh, that's what that's something I was curious about when I was seeing his name. I was like, for for such an Italian name, why wasn't I thinking of this guy at all for Goodfellas?
0: um he's somebody who i would i think had on my list i'm trying to think for what role i mean he's not aggressive enough to be tommy he's not as dashing enough to be the two other characters in the main roles i mean could he have been a frankie carbone i think i might have had him on the carbone list
1: oh okay yeah I, i certainly see what you're thinking where he's he's not you know really a good fit for any of those top three so maybe that's why he didn't jump out of the page um but yeah i mean i like ezra miller i think that's a really good pick for you um for me here, I think I went a little, um, lesser known for here. I went bigger with some of the other characters, but for this guy, um, I wanted somebody who could be a believable younger brother, um, to my Mark Wahlberg. Um, you know, he doesn't carry, you know, the, the Boston accent with him, but, um, I think that, um, this guy will do well. And I'm curious to see if you're familiar with him. His name is Callan McAuliffe. Um, and he was in the great Gatsby um, in the walking dead as, as well as I am number four. Um, you know good-looking um, fella. I want somebody who um, I didn't think he needed to be a, a big tougher-looking um, guy he needs to be somebody who can be um, really like kidnapped um, because we see him get you know taken advantage of, um, towards you know the end of the film um, because he um, he's held responsible um, for what you know Memphis can't dig Kip out of the hole of and so I wanted somebody who um, scrawny um, but um, looks like he could be believable in a role where, you know, he's looking up to um, his crimey um, brother, you know, that I'm going to steal this car. I'm going to make a name for myself. So, uh, again, it was Callan McAuliffe. Um, I was not super familiar with him, but I wanted to find somebody who was scrawny and just fit that age requirement. I think looking back, um, Giovanni was about 24 or 25 when he did this. So I wanted somebody who was that younger profile and also somebody who wasn't too big too too well-known i think um after doing about 10 to 12 of these movies with you we can find somebody in that 20 to 30 range and they're really coming up and have uh, a big name for themselves so i just wasn't looking for somebody who had too big of a name
0: no i think it's a good idea and a good way to cast it because like you said you got your big star with mark Wahlberg. you don't want to have two big stars where they're competing for the screen time uh and you're gonna have issues off the set anyways uh so I understand that, and and I, I'm not 100% familiar with him. I haven't seen The Walking Dead, unfortunately. So I don't. I'm one of the few people who hasn't. Maybe that's the next one. I'll binge watch him one week.
1: <laughs> I, I haven't seen it either. So between that and um, The Great Gatsby, I guess those are the things that Callan is, um, you know, most notable from. Um, but he has a good look about him. I think you know he's not unattractive, but he's also not too strong. And I just I think he fits that younger brother mold that I needed him to next to Mark
0: right somebody who who looks up to his older brother kind of wants to be like his older brother right and following those footsteps so yeah i get that um like i said i, I can't really offer any praise or criticism on it like i so said just because i'm not 100 familiar with them but i do like the strategy of taking a lesser known actor for that role since they share so much screen time
1: right and, I, and i'll i'm gonna go bigger you know going forward here you know like you said you know this is a 190 million dollar budget i didn't know that going in but you know, I, I wanted to make sure that I was bringing the heat with the rest of the picks. So um, after Kip, we do have Otto, uh, correct? Or no, we have our, our villain here, Raymond Khaleesi.
0: Yep, Raymond Khaleesi.
1: Um, so um, I thought this villain in the movie did a nice job. You know, nicknamed the Carpenter. He seemed pretty calculated. You know, he, he's a bad guy, but he also, he he's very, you know, do what I say, don't piss me off, let me work on this. Um, and he was building stuff while he's just really tormenting people um so played originally by was it christopher eccleston is that how you
0: pronounce it yeah it was like eccleston um, um not really not really big before this this was like his big, first big role
1: yeah i didn't didn't know a ton about him um but you know i think he played this villainous role well and i think he um he had that face that you want to punch mm-hmm. um and so for this i came down to two different people um for this role and i wanted to find somebody that just really embodied that ugh, um, you know, the, the villainous um, demeanor, ego, um, personality. And so um, the guy I ended up going with um, is um, most notable from, and I don't think it's a show you've watched either, maybe a show you have no interest in, but it's Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's probably one of the best villains from that show. Um, and his name is, uh, it's, it's foreign. So um, please, all of our overseas listeners, don't, but, don't butcher me for butchering this. It's Ewan Rian. I-W-A-N-R-H-E-O-N. Um, um, and he plays Ramsey Bolton in the uh, Game of Thrones series. Um, just a really, really bad dude. Um, and um, I felt like he, he fit that age. Um, I don't think he needs to be um, really as old or older than Memphis, um, but he needs to be older than um, Kip. Um, and so I think you know that fits for me. He, he has... A history of being one of the worst bad guys in the last decade. Um, and so that's really where I wanted to hit. I wanted to find a really bad dude who could play this guy.
0: He's definitely one of the more hated bad guys in television. I did watch all of Game of Thrones. Uh, I do know uh how you know vicious he was and how much he hated the guy and you just rooted against him. Similar to this guy here, you'd mentioned they called him the carpenter. That's going back to the very beginning when I talked about how bad the script was. That. You know when you first see him I think he's making a chair or something like that and the only reason that he's making a chair in that scene is so that they could give him the nickname the carpenter and you would have to assume it's a double entendre for how he carves people up plus how he <laughs> fixes furniture it's that's how cheesy it was it was just so bad <laughs> um, but no yeah, I, I can definitely see him as the bad guy he's again it's, it's a perfect puzzle fit into the bad guy role um I'd hate to see him kind of get typecast as just a bad guy for the rest of his career, kind of like Jack Gleason, who played, um, uh, who was it, the the, the Prince? Um, you know, I, I'd hate to see that, but I do absolutely one hundred percent understand it, and I do see him perfectly fitting into the role. You brought up the age, and that's my only concern with the character. I know you say he doesn't have to be as old as Mark Wahlberg, and I agree, but I feel like there's such a gap that you know how like I don't respect my younger people <laughs> and i'm sure that you yeah. don't respect all the kids out there either. You know, there's something about like not being intimidated by somebody who's 25 years younger than you, you know, which is what it feels like between the gap him and mark Wahlberg. Yeah. But i definitely, you know, he's very intimidating and in the scenes in game of thrones that he played in, you wouldn't want to mess with him.
1: Right. Yeah, and i think um i i don't want to continue to typecast him as that bad guy, but he just was so good as the bad guy and I know that he himself has tried to step out of that um, box and he tried to get into marvel's umbrella with inhumans and that was one of the few flops that marvel has had is i think it was on freeform or abc family it was uh they should have made it a movie it was a tv show inhumans and it didn't even make out of the first season so um he tried to step out of that but as soon as he did they canceled that and it's right back into being a bad guy for me man
0: (laughs) <laughs> it's a good fit um i wanted some similar traits myself i know uh i wanted somebody who was menacing right you know intimidating you get kind of nervous being in their presence uh even his name when he says raymond calitri and idol shuts off the radio and he's like "Whoa, oh, whoa whoa we're dealing with some bad stuff here with raymond calitri mm-hmm. so somebody who can intimidate you without even seeing them. i thought of a character who again it's from another tv show that i haven't seen but he played Cato in the Hunger Games. He was Dorn in Bad Boys for Life, but his most famous role is Bjorn Lothbrook in Vikings, and that is Alexander Ludwig. Uh, he is the main Viking in Vikings. He's definitely, if you've ever seen the show, very, very brutal, very bloody, and he is the definition of intimidating. I think he's like the king, and you definitely don't want to cross him, um, but just he has that look. Like I feel like if I was in his presence, I'd be like, I'm just going to shut up. I'm not going to say anything.
1: Absolutely, yeah. He wasn't on my radar, way, but looking at his... You know like this bone structure the cheek definition I mean he looks like and just the name itself I think we both went with somebody who is foreign um, then they give off that vibe um, and uh, I've not seen uh, was it Vikings you said yeah I've not seen it but just by his look I mean even his look in a suit he looks like he could crush me for just asking a
0: question so I'm sure him him in Viking garb no thanks <laughs> he's got like the shaved head on the side like a ponytail and he like wields an axe and just like cuts people like through the skull it's he's he's a bad dude absolutely i mean i I think it's great we both went with guys who
1: who played you know kind of you know bad asses or, or villainous type you know roles in older shows um you know where you know they're set way back, but I think even in this type of you know day and age they could pull it off and I think your guy has that face almost almost a very similar face to the the original actor.
0: Yeah, so that's what I was looking for, like that like kind of intimidating. I also thought of like, uh, we'll, we'll get to almost recast Uh, oh, you, you wait, I, I almost spilled it. All right, but so, uh, pulling a complete 180, I feel like going from this character to Otto, who's just kind of a lovable grandfather type, works in the shop as a garage. Um, you know, he was played by Robert Duvall, huge star at this point. I mean, Duvall's an apocalypse now, the godfather. Um, coming into this, he was in the paper, a family thing, phenomenon with John Travolta, deep impact, a civil action. He's a tremendous actor, very decorated. If there's an acting hall of fame, he's definitely in it. But he does have like that warm, approachable, you know, likable thing. Like I said, grandfather is the best description I can think of. Like he seemed like a grandfather type, or maybe a father to our Memphis Reigns type character. Right. Um, so I wanted somebody who was warm and inviting like that. And I thought, who's more warm and inviting then Papa Smurf and I went with uh Mandy Patinkin who obviously the voice of Papa Smurf he's the principal in Wonder but I think all of our listeners are going to know him as Diego Montoya in The Princess Bride.
1: That's a great pick. He, he was actually on um on my short list there. Um I was looking at a bunch of guys that kind of fit that profile and uh you know he jumped out um didn't know, um, and you know, originally where you were going when you were kind of giving your lead in there, but I think that's a great pick there. I think, um, you know, especially you know, thinking of the relationship that he seems to have with the Reigns family, um, I think he seems, you know, like he'd be very warm and inviting. Someone who, um, with that that beard, um, you know, some glasses, he'd be sitting there looking at, you know, an old, you know, vehicle book about how to put this. This or that together, or he'd be under a vehicle. So, um, th- that's a great pick, Wayne. I-, I love that for you. Um, and I see a lot of those same qualities. You know, I, I thought Robert Duvall did a great job. Um, I think that he plays someone who comes off as very wise, um, knows what he's doing in the car game, but also, um, like you said, when it comes to bad guys, you know, you know, ugh, you, you should know, and I should know not to, not to get involved with this man. Um, so I went with somebody who, um, plays um, I don't want to say he plays a father um, but he, he has that father like role in a Marvel movie we've seen and that is Michael Rooker um, he plays a bit of a father type role to Star-Lord um, in those Guardians movies and I think Michael Rooker in a garage um, looking at Mark Wahlberg um, you know going over this you know this plan that they have and really trying to help it succeed I think that he could really fit this well and so I liked Michael Rooker um obviously has a great resume from before the Guardians of the Galaxy movies but some of our younger listeners and maybe more modern listeners will know him as Yandu um someone who you know i think made a big impact in the two films we saw him
0: in Yeah as one of the older listeners myself i i think that i always think of him from two movies that is Days of Thunder um he's Rowdy Burns and also 8 men out uh, he's uh, Chick Kendall i believe um yeah. so yeah they're a very decorated actor i definitely He seems kind of rough around the edges, so he seems like somebody who would work in a garage in real life, um, you know, underneath cars and fixing them. And my even know his his voice too is yeah, he's got that growly voice. Uh, So yeah, I can definitely see him being kind of a senior to Mark Wahlberg and almost like a mentor in terms of how to understand cars, engines, transmissions, things like that. Maybe he learned everything from him. Um, So I do like that role. I think he fits absolutely into that character i think my the difference between our two characters obviously is like i said i wanted to go with the uh huggy teddy bear right and michael rucker's not a huggy teddy bear type but your michael Rucker, i think is more of a mechanic than mandy patinkin is
1: correct yeah and i think you know there's slivers of him being caring in Guardians of the galaxy but yeah overall he's a rough and gruff type of character so um maybe that's just years of you know oil and and, and cars you know junking out on him but uh, I think you know both our guys would play well in their respective roles here um and am I next or are you next
0: uh, you're up with uh, Angelina Jolie
1: awesome uh so I've got I've got Sway here um and Sway did you know Angelina Jolie was in her early 20s
0: here oh yeah, it doesn't surprise me i mean she'd done I think she was stuff, i think but... she
1: was about 21 22 which it's i know she was an early actress but just knowing that Nicolas Cage was like in his early early to mid 30s Angelina Jolie was you know early to mid 20s it just seemed like a, a large gap there so it was kind of hard for me to find the right person for this where I wanted it to be someone younger but also have a, a believable history and relationship with you know Memphis reigns um, so in my role here it, it's Mark Wahlberg um, so my sway um, is going to be Mila Kunis I think that you know her and Mark Wahlberg have some chemistry together in, in movies in the past I um, and I think um that she could certainly play this role of you know being a good looking bad girl um and someone who could be a love interest to Mark Wahlberg while also not looking like her daughter too much.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's still an age gap there, right, between the two of them. Um, but I definitely can see Myla, Mila Kunis in that role. She has a lot of Angelina Jolie characteristics to her, uh, so I think that she'd be very good in this role. Obviously, you know, was it was a Black Swan and uh if you even if you forget about that 70s show like she's done some very good you know bad moms which i think are hilarious yeah. um you know she's really really good i think that she'd be great in this role as well because she fits some of the characteristics that i wrote down i said i wanted somebody who had almost like a weird mixture of stripper and tomboy right yeah. so you know she's hot she's sexy but she's also a little bit crazy very pretty much angelina jolie in real life so she's character. hot and
1: sexy but also knows way more about cars than i ever will
0: right exactly she's <laughs> Uh, into the yeah into the mechanics of everything so I think Mila Kunis could definitely play that role we saw her obviously in those commercials the whiskey commercials where you know she's kind of trying to play it up as more of like a guy's girl you know what I mean so I think that that's a good fit uh, especially considering the rest of the cast that you have there as well the one thing I was really looking for so there's two characters in this movie that were very easy for me to recast one is this role the other is Donnie which we'll get to next but with Sway, the first thing that pops in my mind is exotic, right? Because when you think Angelina Jolie, she has a very exotic look about her. And I think probably the most exotic-looking, attractive, modern-day actress has got to be uh, Megan Fox, who, I mean, everyone should know her from Jonah Hex, Transformers, the Ninja Turtles, you know, very similar look to a young Angelina Jolie. So mine was kind of really based on looks because i didn't feel like that character really brought a lot to this film which didn't require good acting from anybody but i felt like if i could just get match up the look a little bit i could i'd be all right yeah she's megan fox
1: is definitely sexy and and wild and i think just her car knowledge alone in what we see in transformers i mean she's got you know tools in her hands i mean you can see her with maybe a little bit of grease on or some sweat um and you know, it's getting my heart to beat right now so yeah I think that's that's a great pick um it's very um very, it's a very fluid movement i mean I, I think when we're looking at younger angel Louise, there's there's a few girls that give you those qualities um and I think she's one of them i think we looked at um when we were talking about um, a knight's tale a way back and now um, we we're looking at um you know choosing or recasting Jocelyn she has yep. that same look about her that exotic uh, look about her so I think You know, you did a great job with Megan Fox. You know, she's a smoke show.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think that she's the right age gap between her and Zachary Levi. It should be a a pretty good fit there. Right. Uh, You know, the next role we had is Donnie. And like I said, this was another easy role for me. Is this actually the first one that I recasted? There's nobody that I had for almost on this one. Uh, Originally played by Chi McBride. uh, Very kind of a low-key actor he's always kind of the third or fourth or fifth supporting guy in movies uh, coming into this he was in mercury rising with bruce willis hoodlum the frighteners uh great white hype right i mean he's always kind of like a, a side guy but another guy who i wanted to be kind of a lovable teddy bear like a big teddy bear type guy um he's got to be big he has kind of like that a big personality uh smooth operator right i was thinking if he was still alive today bernie Mac would be perfect for this role right i mean he's it's that kind of role and so i thought my modern day bernie Mac was craig robinson who i think people will know as uh, as the host of the mass dancer he is um what else i have from here is the obviously, he's been in the,
1: been in the office i mean he's definitely a a comedic actor that also gives off that kind of cuddly um you know nature i mean i i think he's also doing um some type of um soda commercial too so he's like playing a piano coming across the screen he's he's a very smooth guy
0: yep so that's i thought it was a perfect fit very similar to what uh, that character was
1: i don't know why i didn't think of it um you know that that's a great pick for you um i i think i thought a little bit deeper for these um and um i have a an almost for this but um the guy ended up choosing um i'm not sure how familiar you're going to be but Um, I know you like shows, um, and uh, maybe if I, you know, tell you about one, maybe you'll quickly watch it again. Um, But one that I know you've heard about is Atlanta. That's a show that's on FX. I know Donald Glover um, is most notable for that show, but um, his co-star on that show, um, he actually won um, the Best um, Outstanding Supporting Actor um, in a Comedy Series, and that actor's name is, I apologize for having to look at my page here, um, it's Brian Tyree Henry. Um, and so he plays Paperboy on the Atlanta se- on um, the FX series Atlanta. Um, and again, one' bor- best supporting actress uh, actor, sorry about that in a uh, comedy series. And um, you know if you look him up, um, I think he looks like a maybe a younger version. Um, and uh, I think that you know he's he's got the chops um, and he's got the looks. Um, haven't seen him in a time, but if he's got that comedy um, as well as that look to him, um, then I think he fits. I mean, obviously I just chosen Lil Ray um, as, you know, in our Bad Boys movie, but I thought he maybe would have been a, a decent choice as well. Um, someone who just is able to, you know, I, I my favorite, you know, scene, one of my favorite scenes from the entire movie is him yelling at the woman um, while she's trying to pass the driving test. I don't I, I can't swim. I stay in my black house out the pool. You can't negotiate a <laughs> turn. And so I, mean, I, I think he does a great job in that role there. And I think, um, I think your, you know, your choice would crush it. Um, and mine is probably just maybe a little lesser known, but he's on the rise. Um, and again, that's uh, you know, Brian Tyree Henry. Um, and he was in that show Atlanta, and hopefully, much more to come.
0: Yeah, he definitely looks the part. He looks actually kind of reminds me almost of uh, T'Challa's friend in Wakanda that has the rhinos. Uh, yeah, kind of that, that look to it. Um, but yeah, again, like you said, bigger guy. Looks cuddly. When I say bigger, cuddly, we what we mean is fat, right? We, yeah. <laughs> he's fluffy. a fat guy. Yeah, I'm a fluffy guy. We can say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a huggable. That's what it is. I'm huggable. Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, so I think that that's a good fit too. I think he fits the look. I mean, we're getting into those roles now, the last few roles where look is so much more important than style. You know what I mean? So I think that he fits absolutely perfectly there. Uh, I am curious to see where you go with Delroy Lindo's character because I actually feel like when it came to the acting in this movie, he might have actually had the best performance.
1: Uh, I'll agree there. Um, and uh, I think that um, he's one of the first ones that I was able to think of somebody for. I mean, I have um, an almost for him as well, but I pretty much knew who I wanted to go with. And it's somebody that I've seen in um, a bit of an authoritative role um, over the last 10, 15 years, someone that I've seen several times in different movies. Um, and um, I'm I'm really putting myself through the ring here with these names, but it's um, Jamin Hansu. Um, um, you've um, I mean I know he was in Guardians. I know he was in um, several other things, but um, he is an imposing fella. Someone who's got um, the age. I mean I needed him to be Mark Wahlberg's um, senior, um, and so I felt like he definitely does that. He's got the age. He's got the the acting chops, um, and I think he'd do really well. I mean he looks um, physically imposing for someone that needs to be in their late 40s to 50s
0: yeah i agree and he's actually somebody that i looked at as well my only i think concern why i didn't pick him and i could have done some more research into it to alleviate that concern but i don't know everything i've seen him in he has kind of a thick accent
1: uh Um, yeah yeah. i definitely think that's everything i've seen him in blood diamond i mean he actually he obviously carries that thick accent and so maybe it would be somewhat hard to believe you know someone being a, a detective but
0: No, I mean, it doesn't matter. I I don't want to sound like Stephen A. Smith here and say that you need an interpreter. You can't be in the movie. (laughs) But uh, no, he uh, definitely, I think, can pull off the role. Like you said, everything look-wise is right on the money. As I mentioned to you, he's the very first person that popped up when I was kind of doing my search that I said, oh, I like the look of this guy. And then started doing some research. I'm like, oh, he's always got kind of an accent. This guy I'm thinking is like a native, whatever, it's New Yorker, Los Angeles guy, wherever they are. He seems like he's knows the town like a usual detective they're usually from the area they grew up there they know this place um but no i think he absolutely 100% has the right look uh with me i wanted to find somebody that had that right look as well um and somebody who could kind of you know he's very intelligent this character uh, castleback he he understands the moves that memphis is making he's been chasing him for a long time it's his white whale you know and so I went with somebody who had already casted before and in, in, in our very first episode, major league, uh, he was in spawn. He was in the dark night and that is, uh, Michael Jai white. I think, uh, I can just picture him kind of wearing the badge around his neck and or on his hip. Sometimes I like to wear it on their belt and just kind of being a guy who would get into, uh, Zachary Levi's face and be like, go ahead and do something. You know, I, I'm going to catch you. I, I guarantee it.
1: Definitely. Uh, an imposing gentleman. Um, you know, spawn is a, is a definitely a callback. And, uh, You know, an imposing uh, size about him. I think his voice is, you know, you know, deep and respectable. And I think that, you know, I haven't seen him in anything too, too recent, but I know that I certainly respect, you know, the actor and, you know, what he needs to portray here. I think he'd be a spitting image of what, you know, Linda was.
0: Yeah, I think the most recent thing that I've seen him in was the Dark Knight with Heath Ledger um, because I think he kills him in the pool hall room, right? He puts the knife into his mouth. Yes, 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 you are correct. Um, yeah, yeah, so I guess I'm I'm wrapping it up, right?
1: Yeah, you've got the the last one here. We'll talk about this one and get into our, our fun uh, almost.
0: Yeah, so with Tumblr, we had talked about doing Vinnie Jones, Sphinx. Uh, Sphinx is such a great character in this movie, but he doesn't talk until the very end. Um, so I was like, all right, let's go with somebody who has a few more lines, a little bit more personality in the film. So we went with Tumblr, who was played by Scott Kahn. Um, I had recasted him like, just recently in as Bob Sugar in our Jerry Maguire episode. Yes. And he, uh, you know, prior to this movie, he's in Boiler Room along with Giovanni Ribisi. And I was thinking I wanted somebody who's kind of cocky, arrogant, sarcastic, but kind of a tough guy, right? Or I'd say a fake tough guy. Like he acts tough, but maybe he wouldn't be if he got somebody tougher in front of him. A meathead. Yeah, meathead, exactly. Uh, I don't know if this character is a meathead. You're more familiar with the show than I am, but he had the right look. And this is one of those ones that I casted solely on the look. Uh, I went with uh, KJ Appa, who is you know um in Riverdale he's Archie and I just think that he has kind of like that meathead look to him get rid of the orange hair just kind of go with his natural brown hair I think that he'd he'd look all right
1: absolutely yeah I think he has that that look that fits just right um and I think he's got that attitude too um I think you know from start to finish your cast is something that I'd love to watch I'm excited to give you um my last person here um but uh you know um, I think overall um, you know the person you chose here um, is going to be able to fit right in. I mean it's not a huge role but it's someone who um, looks tough you know does the the whole key uh, situation again. I didn't get a recent rewatch but doesn't he uh, screw up with the keys. Um,
0: well he's the one that goes into the dealership to, to kind of like hassle the guy to get the keys.
1: Yeah and um, ends up um, maybe sounding off some alarms Um in uh, their problems, so um, not a super smart dude, um, but does deliver some comedic lines. And so I went with Adam Devine. I'm um, I, mo- I know him most notably from Workaholics. Um, he was the voice of Flash in the Lego Batman. He's been in Pitch Perfect. Um, but I can certainly see this guy being a meathead. Um, you know, I can see him delivering the line about the stranger, which is you know that that famous line that dudes know about you know <laughs> having. The- having one arm, you know, you know, go uh go tired and then go and work going to work at it, um, making it feel like it's a stranger. So um Scott Conn delivers that line and I can absolutely see Adam Devine from Workaholics delivering this line. So um that's my Tumblr, and I think that this is a very fun movie to recast. And um I know that we're stretching just beyond the hour here, but if we can have you folks listen a little bit longer, we've got some fun almost for you.
0: And sure. I will say that I do like Adam Devine in that role as well. Another comedic actor uh who I think would <clears throat> play off very well of having the character he's you know best friends with kip but he's kind of like the dummy that tags around with him yeah. um but is smart enough to steal cars because like, they have the one dumb friend who tags along gets shot you know, right. He shouldn't be tagging along with them at least Tom right. kind of fits into that crew absolutely uh, yeah so i mean you said you were really excited for some of your almost recasted uh i didn't have one for everybody but who were some of yours uh
1: so i'll start top to finish here so my almost for memphis and um, I'm almost, you know, sad I didn't go these guys because you said Mark Wahlberg was kind of like the the easy pitch down the middle here. Um, but my first one was Joaquin Phoenix. I felt like this guy could act his pants off. I feel like is he as um, crazy as Nicolas Cage? No, but I mean he just came off Joker, and I feel like he could certainly, you know, be put in this role and do a nice job. And so um, looking for uh, Memphis, I want someone who's really going to jump off the page and be the biggest star of the movie. And that's where my mind was at. Was Joaquin Phoenix? I ended up landing on Mark Wahlberg. I also considered Colin Farrell. I think a current Colin Farrell, um, with you know the beard, um, looks a little bit older. I think he could certainly play this off. Um, and you know I, I know him from all kinds of things. But you know we talked about his probably his worst performance in Bullseye um, in that Daredevil movie. And um, I love him in Horrible Bosses. I think his his role in, in Horrible Bosses is is Hall of Fame worthy. See, and I would say I'm
0: glad I'm glad you didn't go that route because I hate, hate, hate Colin Farrell. In fact, I have many times in movie discussions, even off the air with people in groups. I say if you want to ruin a movie, cast Colin Farrell in it.
1: Well, I'm glad I didn't go that direction. But, yeah, I think Joaquin Phoenix, I think just based on his his resume and his versatility, I thought he could have crushed this. Um, and maybe it had been a cheesy one for him. But, you know, I'm sure if I look through his filmography, there's some cheesy ones on there. Um, and then for Kip, um, I looked at, uh, Taylor Lautner. I haven't seen him in a while. Um, but you know, he was obviously in the twilight series as Jacob. Um, the reason I didn't go with him is he probably looks a little too tough, um, for me. And, um, I remember Kip just had to be, he had to be taken advantage of. He had to be grabbed by some guys and really kind of put in a vulnerable spot towards the end of the movie. So, um, that was my almost there. Um, yeah, he certainly could have been as a meathead. Um, but I have an almost for Tumblr as well. Um, okay. My almost for uh, Raymond, um, the the bad guy there. Have you seen the Amazon show, The Boys? I have not. So I absolutely recommend it. It's a it's a bit um, superhero-y, but it's a totally different take than anything Marvel or DC does. Um, and so if you watch the first episode, you're either in or you're out. Um, but um, Homelander um, is the name of um, pretty much... The main villain, I'd say, after uh, I think it's in its second or third season here. And he's played by Anthony Starr um, with two R's. And um, this gentleman, when looking at two of the biggest villains in TV in the last decade, I think of this guy and I think of um, Bolton from Game of Thrones. So that's where I went. Um, um, Another one for Sway, uh, again, I went with Mila Kunis. I was thinking Amelia Clark. Um, she plays um, in Game of Thrones as well, um, but she's been in some other things. And I thought that she had that um, that, that almost like a, a wild, exotic look to her. Um, she's been a badass, um, but just probably the age gap was even more so than the one with Mila Kunis. Auto, um, um, I had uh, Billy Bob Thornton could have been my uh, could have been my auto. I think he looks old and rough enough um, to work in a garage. Um, Captain Hasselback. Um, I had um, Morris Chestnut as my almost there. I've seen him in a few things. And I think he probably would have been um, maybe a better domestic uh, option for my detective here. I think he um, does a nice job in the different roles he's been in. Um, and lastly here, uh, Tumblr, um, I had Liam Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth's younger brother. I think he has that look not as big and strong as Chris, but I think he... Um, uh, maybe could have looked a lot similar. Wore that handlebar mustache like Scott Condon and and Ben and Tumblr.
0: Yeah, okay, I can see those picks. Um, for me, like I mentioned, it was uh, you know Mark Wahlberg was the number one choice they had, and I switched at the last second. The only other person I considered for the role was Jeremy Renner. I thought it might be an interesting role uh, there as well. And then for his brother, uh, I had your guy Dave Franco as potentially a kip. You know, I thought that he fits that kind of younger brother screw up role really well. Yeah. Um, for Otto uh, John Travolta I thought would have been kind of an interesting uh, Otto you know kind of bald and older you know but I just didn't think he was old enough again I wanted that grandfather feel and even though he is old enough he just doesn't look it yeah and then my last one <coughs> excuse me similar one with age for Castlebeck I had Winston Duke who uh, is M'Baku in the uh, Black Panther
1: yeah. but again
0: I, I went with Michael Jai White because I wanted somebody who's older than Zachary Levi and I think M'Baku looks a little bit younger
1: yeah, and he's also in um, Us, I believe. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's the star in Us. And yeah, kind of that same imposing figure, but he, he just looks maybe a bit young to be a detective um, and someone that could be replacing Lindo. Um, But this was a fun movie.
0: Yeah, it was. It was fun to recast. It was fun to watch. Uh, it's one of those ones, like you said. If it's on TV, I'm I'm not going to turn it off. I'll be like, all right, I'll watch until a commercial break, maybe, you right? <laughs> um, just because you're wanting to see some of that action, particularly the scene where they open up the garage and there's all the Ferraris and Lamborghinis in there. Um, those are pretty uh, awesome. But yeah, I had a good time. We'll we'll get the uh, the rosters. I, I want to say, or as the what do they say on the um, Field of Screens podcast? Our friends they say the team sheet. Look we'll at the. Uh, the we will get the team sheet up, and uh, we'll see uh, You know which cast you like better, which movie you'd be more inclined to go see if they did a remake of Gone in 60 Seconds at opposing theaters. Um, but yeah, I, I had a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to getting some more votes in.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we'll uh, continue to uh, pump these out and uh, let us know what you think. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening, um, for watching. If you get to watch, and uh, you know, please interact with us and let us know what you think about this one and any of the movies you want to see us do. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend.
0: All right. Peace out, everybody.